everybody to the Enemy Slam podcast. What is this? This is episode number 73. And uh, I am your usual host, Jared. And today, this week, we have with us Mr. Michael Mahoney. You know, I thought about it, and actually, artificial cinnamon flavor is the worst flavor ever. Wait, what's wrong with artificial cinnamon flavor? What? Aside from the fact that it's poison? I think it's one of the... What what artificial cinnamon are you talking about? Like Red Hots? Oh, yeah, yeah. What about Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is good. Yeah, you're right. Okay, wait, all right, all right. wait, let me get through the rest of you. I also have Jay Joseph Jr. Right, I clearly disagree with him on cinnamon and grape. <laughs> and His taste buds might just be broken. And I swear to you, we'll get to snacks in just a second. But first, we also have Mr. Lucio Lorenzito. Lorenzito? <laughs> oh, my God. All I can say is the beer of disappointment I have in general. That's your Lu- new name. Lucio, Lucio Lorenzidi is his new name. Lorenzidi. Don't feel bad. I've known him for like 15 years. He still can't spell my name right. I know. It's really funny, too, because your name <laughs> so, is way easier than mine. Right. Listen, before before we get into snacks, I do want to say I won't, I won't spend a lot of time on this. But I do want to say I'm feeling a little vindicated this week, right? Because now Lucio is like really tapped into bloodborne and you want to talk about a souls fan lucio's been like a souls fan forever he's played i don't know how many runs of dark souls he was there in their demon souls he only didn't get dark souls 2 because he didn't have the console for it um so he's been playing bloodborne and he has all the same complaints i have like last week i was feeling like maybe i'm bad or whatever even though despite the fact i've now cleared the game twice soloed every boss you know whatever I was feeling like, maybe I'm bad, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I just made a bad call. But then Lucio comes up and he has all the same exact complaints. I'm feeling vindicated. I just had to mention that. Are these complaints, Lucio, that you have not felt about previous games in the series? Um, I know it's not a series, but just to, since we're, since we're bringing up your your prestigious Souls I mean, history. Some of the stuff is kind of repeated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think it's such a perfect game as everybody else seems to think it is like and like i said you know a lot of the stuff feels like it's going backwards but uh, it it does feel like it's running out of steam it's kind of like the ending of dark souls Mm -hmm. where you kind of everybody's dead and i don't know here's a boss and here's a boss and here's a boss they do always it seems like in these games they do always get kind of rapid fire towards the end like okay here's one now here's another one they're like by the way, I just killed Amygdala on the first try. That was the easiest boss yet. Yeah, and like the zone well, I'm the zone I'm at, like there's two bosses for it, you know, which up until now it's always been one at best. You're talking about Celestial Emissary and Abriatus, right? Uh no. I'm talking no. Oh, about Michael Lash and um Michael Lash Michael Ash and the Wet Nurse, yeah. So you're in the, you're you are in you are in the final part. That's like the part I had uh complaints about and it's not so much it's not so much the bosses it's just that like the last two zones unseen village and uh and nightmare of menses the bosses are all really easy like for me after shadows of rom i mean sorry after shadows of yarn rom was easy for me too but after shadows of yarn all the bosses got really easy except for the one optional boss mm-hmm. um yeah martin Mar- I, I, martin, I Log- like... martin logan martin lawrence uh, I, I, yeah I, martin I logan like... and the my, yeah, Mar- Mar- Marta Logan. I call him the Lich King. Um, oh, isn't it, isn't like it Logan? Like, like, is it Logan or is it Logarius? It's Logarius. But he, he, Alfred even says his name. Alfred says Logarius. Hey, I don't remember. He says a few times. But um, 
But my problem's not the bosses. I actually like a lot of the bosses. I, I'm always going to disagree on the One Reborn. I think the Unre- One Reborn is just kind of uninspired. Um, but I like I like a lot of the bosses. Like a lot of the fun bosses. They are definitely easier. My big problem was just unseen and Nightmare Menses. The last two zones of the game, like the last two, you're going to visit as part of the main story path. They just feel kind of uninspired and like they just kind of ran out of good ideas towards the end, just in terms of everything, in terms of the design and in terms of the layout. And and I think what really gets me about it, like like what really confuses me is that they have two alternative zones as side missions that are just like so much better. Like everything about them feels better, the way they're designed, the difficulty, um, you know, the enemies that you fight. The story, there's a lot more, like, story content in these zones. I'm talking about Kanehurst Castle, and I'm talking about um, the orphanage of a cathedral world. And it's just, like, I'm, I'm so confused, because I'm sitting there, I'm like, wow, Upper Cathedral World, that could be, like, the perfect final zone. And it's, like, pushed off to the side, and there's a chance a lot of players aren't even going to see it. And I'm just so confused. I'm so confused why you would go with the Nightmare of Nenses as kind of your big send-off to the game when you especially when you have some of these better alternatives that a lot of players won't even cross. I haven't explored the nightmare too much. So, I mean, I'll I'll still hold off, uh, hold off my judgment there. Um, Unseen village was definitely like, it feels like a vitality wall kind of like all of a sudden, but I, I, I hit the same thing in forbidden woods. You know, the first time you run into the snake guys and they one shot you. Um, It's just, they didn't also have lasers shooting at me too. (laughs) So, I mean, See, it's, it's, a, least... it's a bummer, but I still, um, I mean, God, Lucio, you gave me like PTSD when you said Valley of Defilement. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think that I think that the the fucking like asshole bullshit zone is is kind of a staple at this point. And I mean, it definitely, I, Unseen Village is definitely the hardest zone of the game for sure. Um, but I, but once I found all the shortcuts, it wasn't that bad. Did you guys use that like elevator that you get yeah, off before it gets the to the bottom? And I use the, yeah. the teleporter. I, I do want to. Well, I, I do want to say when I came through with my second character, my skill character, Unseen was a lot easier. But I still just kind of didn't like it. Like like Forbidden Woods, you point out you have the snake guy. And the snake guy, he's like a new fun enemy. There's like when you run into Unseen Village, you're not running into anything you haven't seen before, and that's just kind of the bummer. I think one of the things that I want to to say though is like the value of the Falman may have been a bullshit zone, but it was at least interesting. And I think lore wise is one of my favorite zones in the entire Soul series, just because you know you have the whole thing with Maiden Astrea and the um, you know her basically choosing to become a demon for a good cause and that kind of thing. And don't don't forget and, you can make her kill herself too. You can make <laughs> her kill herself, yeah. So but, and I, it doesn't feel like there's anything like that on the. Um, you know, on the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, in other Souls games. I, I can give no, you that. No, in, in, like, the, uh, all these areas, you know. Yeah, you're oh, yeah, you saying, yeah. like, a, it was a bullshit zone, but at least it was a cool bullshit zone. Un- unlike, say... Right. I mean, I mean, Blight Town's a good comparison, where it's a bullshit zone, and it's not very cool either. Like, there's nothing... Yeah, exactly. In, there's nothing interesting there. There's nothing in it's, it that's of note. See, I, I do like I do like the, the boss battle that um, Mensis leads into. Like, I feel like it's a, it's a good boss battle... It's it's not even a boss battle. It's just like really kind of a story delivery thing, right? It's like an, a crazy old man comes into the second grade class and he starts reading the storybook to them. Um, That's I kind of like how, what happens just... in the Valley of the Falment, where like, and I'm gonna spoil Demon Souls. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah it's, 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 it's time at this point. So 
the last boss on the Valley of the Falmen, this uh, Lady Astraea, who's supposed to be a saint, they went into this valley, and the Valley of the Falmen is uh, where basically all of the wretches of humanity go, like all of the um, deformed and sick and everybody kind of just got thrown in there. And she goes there with her paladins to uh, to try to, you know, heal them and, and bring a respite. And, you know, basically the whole, whole party, except for her, uh, like, her bodyguard died. And when you get there, the boss battle isn't really about, against her. She's not a boss. She just kind of lays there. Yeah. And you can either kill her or get her to kill herself, like Jared said. But um, you have to fight. Um, you, ca- you actually can get away with not fighting him, but, you know, the idea will be that you fight Garvin, and that's the uh, the paladin. And then, you know, she either kills herself or you kill her. Um, so it's not really like a boss battle in the sense of, you know, it's not like this huge thing that comes out and you have to figure out how to kill it. But it is, I think, still pretty cool. And I think uh, the boss you're talking about, Mikolash, that's the same thing. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, I'll just wrap it up with this. Um, you know, I, I think that the orphanage has a little bit of a, a bullshit to it too, right? But it's very, it's very clever bullshit. Like the, the way the orphanage feels, it feels like I'm in the mansion from Resident Evil or the uh, more, 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 more like the police station because you've got shit literally jumping out of windows, shit walking around corners. And um, again, it's not really, there's, there's like one new enemy maybe, not a ton of new enemies. It's stuff that you've seen before, but it's stuff that has always been really tough for the rest of the game. So, you know, dealing with one of them is kind of a, a nightmare. So dealing with more of them is a, is even a bigger nightmare. Um, I'm talking about the mind players and the werewolves. God, the fucking mind players. And the mind, you know, and the mind players are kind of a bullshit enemy, right? Because they can like stun lock you forever and just drain all your health and drain all your insight. Um, but the way the, the level is, is set up, the way the stage is designed, it's like really cool. It's like really smart. It almost feels like another genre game. It feels like I'm playing a survival horror game and not um, uh, Bloodborne. And I thought, wow, that's really awesome. And on top of it, the orphanage has like a ton more story that you can kind of infer from everything that's going on. Um, just in terms of the enemy layout, which I think is the most disappointing thing about Unseen Village, because what I'm learning about uh, the Souls game, what I learned from Bloodborne is that everything kind of has a purpose, right? So even the enemy layouts, uh, they feel like there's a purpose behind it. It feels like if you're seeing this particular enemy here, then it's here for a reason, and it's there to give you a little bit more of the story. And I just feel like that was like completely lacking in the final two um, actual stages of the game. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I can I have I have less to say about thematics, but and I we won't we won't get into it here. But your your uh, posture on manufactured difficulty in the game is something that I found kind of fascinating, and I actually wrote an editorial about it, and it's not done. It's not quite <laughs> it's not quite done yet, but uh, but I'll I'll publish that within within the week probably. I'll be very interested because I, I have a very I, I just have a very distinct mindset between um, between actual like smartly done difficulty and and manufactured difficulty, and I think Bloodborne has both. And I think Bloodborne is overwhelmingly smart in its difficulty. Like I, I think seventy five to maybe eighty five percent of the game is very smart in the way they design a difficulty. And I just feel like there's some small portions there that are just very lazy and a little disappointing. I think that, um, and again, I won't, I won't get into it here. I'll, I'll, I'll let the article go up and, and everything. But my, basically my posture on that is, um, 
every Souls game to date has some form of that manufactured difficulty, and, and it's very much intentional, I feel like. Like, if you listen to a lot of Miyazaki interviews and hear him talk about the game and, like, what Dark Souls means to him, etc., etc., a lot of that stuff feels there by design. And and it is bullshit. <laughs> it, it totally is bullshit. But at the very least, it is it is also bullshit that I think, to a large degree, is supposed to be there. Um, but I, we can, yeah, I mean, at no point did I, did I not think it was it like, it's, it didn't throw me out like, oh, this isn't supposed to be in the game. It's not like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of really of a game with real bullshit difficulty. Um, you know, I think really just any, any shooter with a hard mode where they just kind of up amp the bullet damage. Where, where everybody, enemies just have more health and do more damage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like, like that, that, that feels like. You know, they have no idea how to do good difficulty. So at no point did I go... Like oh, Destiny. Like Des- yeah, Destiny's a great example. Oh. So, so Destiny's a great example of, uh, of manufactured difficulty. So at no point was I sitting in Bloodborne and I'm like, oh, well, the designers were just too lazy to get it. Um, you know, I guess I guess when I say they ran out of ideas, I just I just feel like there's one... It's like what you said. There's, there are just some moments that are just basically a, a vitality sponge and have nothing to do with skill and and all that other stuff, so... Yeah. Yeah, now, one of the things that kind of bothers me about Bloodborne that I, I haven't felt in the other games, I have gotten caught on the terrain a lot. And I mean a lot. Really? Because that's like, like... When I think... When I think, when I think like, snag on invisible wall or swing at an enemy and hit something that blocks you that's not there, I always think Demon Souls. Like, that's my classic... <laughs> that is my classic go-to. Like, what the fuck? That should have hit him. Well, I guess Demon Souls had that too, but it feels, I don't know, I feel it more here. Mm. Probably because the combat's faster, maybe. Maybe. And you have to move around a lot more, yeah. Yeah, I used to do, you know, like most people, I miss my shield, but <laughs> that's yeah. not the game. Well, no, I'm saying in Bloodborne you have to move around a lot more, so you that's might what I mean. I miss my shield. Because yeah, he, to... doesn't, he doesn't get to be slow Lucio anymore, he has to be... Yeah. He has to be fast Lucio. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast, like, like everyone's favorite... Bloodborne character. Video game character. <laughs> blue, blue Bloodborne character. Hey, there's editorial number two. Why Bloodborne is like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think we were talking about... I, I think we, we already determined it was... We already determined it was like Mortal Kombat. And well, now... We, we, I think earlier we were talking about the worst fandoms, so... Um, we said Sonic has one of the worst fandoms. I, I do think now that I've been exposed to the Souls fandom. Uh, they, they definitely have some really cool people. In fact, I made a friend earlier today with uh, some PvP, and but Souls also has a ton of really, really bad people. I don't know. I, I do not want to meet. <laughs> I usually, I usually have a. I, I always thought like I, I'm always in the subreddits. Ever since uh, I never joined one for Demon Souls, but ever since Dark Souls, I was always in subreddits for it, and I I like it a lot more than some. I mean, it's not a bunch of like petulant babies like the Amiibo subreddit or something like that. <laughs> um, it definitely feels a little bit more. I feel like everybody can rally better because we have like this vague game that tells you nothing. And so everybody's kind of on the same side where it's everybody against the game. And those first few months when it comes out and wikis are still being filled out and we're still like learning new things, I think that's when the community's kind of at its peak and, and at its best. And, and then, then as that everyone just evolves into telling everyone else to get good. Then it slowly kind of tapers off. And and I will say that the the Souls Defender that you're talking about is 
is one that does kind of annoy me because of what I'm talking about with that manufactured difficulty where someone will come in and they'll say, Dark Souls isn't hard, it's cheap. And um, the everybody comes out of the woodwork to say, no, it's not cheap, you're just bad at it. And I don't really necessarily think that's the case. I think there's a lot of times where it is cheap deliberately and... Um, and I, I think that it's less about defending it by being like, no, you're bad, and, and more about defending it by being like, no, you just don't really get what it's about. Like, Dark Souls... I, I, think, I, think, I think with Souls, right, I think the difference between... Um, like, I think there's a, there's a, there's a stark difference in, in, uh, in cheap difficulty with Souls and like with other... Like, Resident Evil 6 is a game I played, and you want a cheap difficulty, then you go play Resident Evil 6. Like, I died... So many times in six, not because I was bad, but because there were just moments that would straight up kill you, and you would have no idea. Like there are literally cutscenes in the game that will kill you if you don't do anything. And I'm not even talking about like QTs. It's just something will happen. Um, it's like a big event of spectacle, and then suddenly you get the reins of the controller, and it's like, okay, now do something, and then you die because you have no idea, right? So you kind of have to die once in order to pro- progress in yeah. Resident Evil Six, and that's a, that's a cheap difficulty. Um, I think what you and I agreed on with Souls is that. Um, it's not a particularly, especially, um, Bloodborne and Dark Souls, because those are the only two I could speak to. I can't speak to Demon Souls. Um, it's not a specifically hard, hard game, right? It's not, it's not like a, a massively, I, I think there, there are people in the Souls community that, that, that put it on this pedestal of like, oh, this is a hard game designed for me because like, I'm a classic hardcore gamer, et cetera, et cetera, and all this other bullshit, right? And I think if you compared Souls and Bloodborne to how other Japanese games are designed, uh, Japanese, if you like take Nintendo out of the equation, and if you take a lot of uh, the shovelware out of the equation, they tend to design with a mentality that we're creating a game with a higher bar of entry, and that rewards kind of like like hard work and is punishing. Um, and I think there are a ton of series like this, like you have the Mega Ten series you, um, and Persona, Definitely. which is still technically Mega Ten. Uh, you have anything Suda Fifty One does. You have the stuff Platinum does. Like Platinum games, you could get through it, if, through it if you're bad. But it's really hard to be good at a Platinum game, right? Uh, to be like really good, uh, to just like parry everything and dodge everything. Uh, what else? There's a uh, there's the Makai series that Nippon Ichi puts out. There's uh, Fire Emblem. So there's there's all these games that Japan. This is like j- just Japan's mentality. We're going to make a difficult game and we reward the people that really kind of sit through it and master it. Dragon Quest is another one. Um, and Souls is like that. It's just that Souls just has this really weird thing where there's like just some kind of occult around it for some particular reason. And I think you and I agreed, Jared. It's not even like the hardest game we've ever played. It's not even close. Like we've had, we've like we grew up with shit like Battletoads and Ghosts and Goblins. That was way harder. Um, so yeah, it's it's not a, it's not on that same level where like e- even today I probably can't progress in Ghosts and Goblins. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can beat it. I don't think I have the time, energy, or patience uh, to beat it. And that game's probably like two hours. Um, yeah. Dark Souls is forty, and I've never had a problem finishing one. Except I did not finish Demon Souls. Um, all the way because um, every NPC in the game died, <laughs> and I didn't. I could not. Ah, uh, you're too. Yep, I didn't know you're about still. that. This is so. And actually, well, I was, to explain this. Well, there's a there's a so you know how you can bring back the werewolf guy and he'll kill everybody in the chapel. Yeah. So now imagine that he kills everybody in the hunter's dream instead. 
<laughs> so you can't buy stuff anymore. You can't level up anymore. And they die one. They die slowly. Like you find, you'll just come back to the hub world and find a body, and everybody will be like, "Wonder who did that?" And then if you don't figure out who did it and kill that person, God. then eventually you'll just come, and he's the only one left. And the ironic part is that he's a really b- tough battle, but the place where you find them is like this platform where you can just like hit him once and he'll fall. Yeah. <laughs> you kill him really easily. He's miserable, but that's and, and that was actually that that event triggered my stance from this point forward on the Soul series, which is it will take any advantage that it has over me, and so I will take any advantage that I have over it. So I bought the strategy guide for the first Dark Souls, and I would I would definitely call that an investment that that was actually really helpful. Um, I'll check wikis. A lot of people insist that, like, oh, you got to play this game blind the first run through. I feel the oh. exact opposite. I feel like you should, if if you have something at your disposal to to give yourself better odds in that game, then you should take it um, because so, because it is not going to pull any punches with you. But I think I think this still goes hand in hand with what I'm saying, right? Because I think there's an element of souls that uses that kind of like 1990s RPG mentality where you would design an RPG where shit was permanently missable. RPGs don't do that a whole lot anymore. It's like, oh, if I miss this, I can easily go back and get it. Um, but RPGs in the 90s are not like that. Mm-hmm. I think that, but with Bloodborne, um, since I did have two characters, and since I had one character running around not knowing what I was doing, just kind of like finding random shit because I explored and finding random NPCs because I explored, I started to realize, oh, this game is designed how they design RPGs in the 90s. And in the 90s, what I would do is I would go and talk to my friends and I would go to the library and I would print out pro tips and then I would bring them back to my to my game console and I would play them. So yeah, I did do a lot of Bloodborne's content on my own, but you know, whenever I was getting set for bed or... Or had a little bit of downtime, I would look at my phone, I would look up wikis and everything on Bloodborne. You know, didn't just get, I wouldn't spoil too much, but I would get just a hint of what I need to do next and where I need to go next to not completely fuck up my game. Um, so I think that's valid. I think that's fair. You know, I, think one I, of think the things... that's, I think that's the way RPGs used to be played, and I think it's fine to play an RPG that way these days. I think one of the things that Bloodborne to me and, and the Soul Series bring back is the whole like, you know, when you were in the playground, people started talking shit about, you know, what they found in the game and, you know, that kind of community. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things weren't tested and, you know, people were making shit up, but I kind of feel like it brings that back. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we, I think we, I think we alienated Michael enough. We should talk about. Oh, I'm not going to say this, right? So here's, here's a, here's a conversation that I think we can all participate in. Which is today, Activision revealed um, the new Guitar Hero. Oh, uh, they did. I think it has been, what, five years since we had a Guitar uh, yeah, Hero game? Yeah, it's been a while since Guitar Hero came out. Um, actually, I think it's six years, because Guitar Hero uh, World Tour was 2009, believe it or not. Um, so, I mean, everybody here probably experienced this period between 07 and, and 2010 where a rock band had come out and blew up. Um, and, and like you'd go to a party and like there was rock band and it was time to play rock band and everyone had rock band. And it didn't matter yeah. how old you were. There was rock band there. And then all of a yeah. sudden and then all of a sudden it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> it just wasn't there. Up and out of nowhere. It, it kind of reached critical mass when they started to introduce, like, oh, here's a guitar that'll teach you how to play guitar, and oh, here's uh, the, a keyboard. You want to play the piano, don't you? 
I, I feel like I feel like it had critical mass when the Beatles version came out. Like the Beatles came out, and everyone's like, "Well, no one wants to be the Beatles." Wasn't there? Yeah. Was there? Was there another? There was another band one that I did. Was it ACDC? There um, was a, a DJ I, I, hero. Was there Michael? Was there a Michael Jackson one? Or am I making that up? Uh I don't know. It's it's so hard to <laughs> keep track of what the hell's going on. Um, I do remember rock band Beatles. Let's see, band specific games. So there was, there was not a U two. There was the Beatles. I guess that's it. Just the Beatles. Oh, Lego rock band. I didn't even. Man, <laughs> see, I just. Yeah, Lego doing everything. I just don't care. So I don't know if did you guys watch the Guitar Hero announcement or anything? Have you seen nah. it? Mm-hmm. I just read an article on this okay. website called Enemy Slime that nobody knows. Yeah, we did. We did talk about it a little bit. So let me tell you what the concept here is. Um, I like your I like your banner with the guy. Oh yeah, it's back. Yeah, morning his guitar. So here's the here's the kicker. Um, maybe not the kicker, but uh, the first thing. So Rock Band is coming out later this year. Rock Band Four. And they're pretty much sticking to the old uh, setup. They scaled it back a little bit by getting rid of like the keyboard and uh, and some other stuff. But for the most part, it's going to be the same rock band that it's always been, and it's going to be compatible with any any of the songs that you have purchased or uh, uh, downloaded up until this point. So like a library of like two two to three thousand songs is going to be available right off the bat. Um, Guitar Hero is going the opposite direction where there's no longer going to be a band aspect to it. No drummer, no bass guitar, Wait, no vocals. Did Guitar Hero ever have a band aspect? Yeah, the the last entry was World Tour and they made uh, a they made a full uh a full band kind of they were trying to stick with rock band and I it didn't work at all, I don't think. I never actually even played World Tour. Uh, I don't know anybody who had it or anybody who played it. Um so anyway, Guitar Hero is scaling back and it's just going to be a guitar. Here is where I think they're making their first misstep. Um, they have redesigned the guitar. So it is no longer the five fret layout that you're used to. Okay. Um, it's now three frets in two rows. And it looks like the normal difficulties will just use three of the buttons. And then the higher ones will have you switch to the other rows. Um other than that, it's pretty much the same functionally, but you're going to lose that cross-compatibility compa- where if you bought Rock Band, your Rock Band guitar is not going to work in Guitar Hero. I um, think that's oh. a mistake. Unlike unlike back <laughs> when it did before. Um, I don't think anybody still has those. But here, <laughs> the other thing that seems kind of divisive, since you guys haven't looked at footage of it, maybe, maybe I'm, this will... I'm looking at the... Uh, I'm looking at the... Um, list of artists and that's not bad so far you'll notice that the trailer Mm -hmm. the trailer is live action and that's because the game is also live action um wow ladies and gentlemen we have our 90s again we have our first fmv game since the 90s oh my god um so the so the concept is this you you go on stage and it's all first person and you're actually like there with a band and you're playing the guitar and you can look out into the crowd and if you're playing well, then the crowd will react to that and like cheer and be super excited. And like, you know, there's there's points where the camera like leans in and a girl's like, yeah, I love you. But, but if you're I'm doing the, I'm watching the trailer now, this is like, oh, my God, I don't believe this. If you're doing bad, the crowd like is disappointed in you and is like, oh, and like your your bandmates are looking at you like, dude, what's wrong? What's going on? And I mean, it just seems 
it seems really like cheesy and over. Why did they? Why did they think this is a good idea? I don't know. I don't. I don't find this remotely appealing. A lot of other people I, are digging it, but but not I only mean, not, not see not only the okay. So first of all, we have to mention that it really is an aggressively '90s thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 we stopped doing that shit in the '90s, and it needed to stay back in the '90s, along with Surge Soda. Surge Soda needed to stay back in the '90s too. Well, well, that's that's, that's kind of the thing. Like Guitar <laughs> Hero is cheesy. I mean, that was kind of. But, but no. Like, but my 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 other but, point about it is, I I really liked that element of Guitar Hero, where the characters you play as were kind of like these bizarre, kind of cheesy, uh, twisted metal type characters. You look, right? you look like a cartoon ape. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you 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 had like you had like the you had like the Viking man, and you had like the Gothic girl, and and those are really like cool and fun and quirky, and I think that added a little extra bit of uh spice to it you know well, now, uh, now you can be yourself the middle-aged overweight accountant <laughs> no you're you're like a you know a rock star well how about this how about this i see the guy's hands are white can i make my hands black probably not you're actually okay, also see, probably I, stuck I, being I, a dude like people play bass I, <laughs> I i i did see i i i like you know i don't i don't appreciate that i should be a black i should be jimmy hedrix up there they so they do the it's way that this guy, works get over it. The way that this works with the dynamic oh crowd, God. I was kind of hoping they could do something cooler with the dynamic crowd. The way it basically works is when you go out on stage and you start playing, if you start fucking up and doing bad, your screen will get fuzzy, almost like you got shot in a first person shooter kind of. <laughs> so like it'll kind of it'll kind of pulse red and go fuzzy, and while it's fuzzy, they actually swap out the video. So they film the exact uh-huh. same video twice, once with everybody like super into you, and then once again with everybody like wondering what the fuck your deal is. <laughs> and it'll it'll vacillate back and forth on those depending on how good or bad you're doing. So it just it, it just looks and feels weird. It feels so weird in action. It, it looks it looks very cheesy. I think I'm, look, I'm looking at how the um God, what do you call I forgot I forget what you call that thing that shows your um the the keys you're supposed to hit. TV. Uh, oh, the that? the the fret like no, yeah the little track that it shows. Yeah, yeah. The fretboard. The track is that what it's called? The track. I guess that'll work. I okay. Well, we'll call it the track, and we'll correct ourselves later on. I'm looking at how the track works, and it Fix just looks really stupid. Yeah, I, I it is like that. It's just it's just an overlay on top of the thing, so it looks. I don't. Oh my god, why would you do this? All right, let, let me ask you this, because I enjoyed Guitar Hero in this time, and Rock Band 2. Can you, is there any more we can do with it? Like, would they that's, just be better off, like, just making another Guitar Hero, or do they have to try to innovate this? Well, I, Are, guess, I guess that was I my question. I think they could is, have been fine making another one. I think this is right. them, I think this is them trying to innovate. I just don't think it's the innovation that that I, I wanted. I, I, I don't think they needed innovation. I think innovation's what fucking ruined it. Like, I think the second they started making all these niches and just trying to appeal to every fucking body i think that's when it lost its spirit that's that's when, it, that's when everyone was like oh i can't keep up with this I I Jared, is there an innovation you would like to see i don't want to spend 60 dollars on the beatles i think that's when people are like i give up i guess that's the thing is is no um i don't really want to see an innovation so the thing for right. me with, the thing for me with rock band and the reason i stopped playing rock band is largely just fatigue. And, and I wrote in that uh, Guitar Hero article, I wrote uh, that for me personally, the reason why I don't do it anymore is, is largely the same reason why when I go to a party and somebody pulls out Cards Against Humanity, I'm just like, oh, please. Because it's, 
it's over. Like it's it's done. I I've done it before. I've done it before. I don't I don't know if you can go home again in this particular See, mine scenario. Is a, mine, mine, is, mine, is, mine is a different problem because I'm fine with cards against humanity until you start pulling out the expansion packs. I'm like, uh, okay, fine. Well, I'll try and figure out this version. And that was my same thing with Rock Band and Guitar Hero. It's like, you know, oh, here's the world tour now with a ton of other shit you have to buy in. Here's the Beatles. Like, my, my, my big thing was when I saw the Beatles and when I saw we were going to start doing band-specific things. Because I don't want to be band-specific. I don't want to be locked into one genre of music, right? I want to jump between um, my different tracks. And sometimes I want to play a punk song. Sometimes I want to play a metal song. I don't want, you know, just one particular thing. I don't need a ton of different instruments. I had my little band, you know. I had my, my buddy on, on bass, another buddy on drums. We had our singer. That was it. That was all we needed. <laughs> we didn't need a ton of other shit. And I, I think they ruined it by just trying to capitalize as much as possible in as short a time as possible. Yeah. And I, I think the real question here is, are they going to come up with something exciting enough to get people to buy new guitars? Ew. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like the, that, that the, the fact that for me back then, and I don't know if I can, if I want to do that again. The fact that it's I not going to work with your old guitars is probably going to help. I, I remember, I remember, um, my sister really wanted Rock Band uh, one Christmas, and I already had it. I think I, I had it for like the Wii, though, so it was really easy to get. Uh, she wanted it for something else. It was a lot harder to find, and I remember I just spent hours online i was on campus too i was like at school and i uh spent hours online trying to just find this thing and other students you know some of my classmates saw me and like oh we're going to we'll help you out because you're like really trying hard for your sister all this kind so i had like this little army of classmates looking for the parts of this rock band thing to buy for her um and i figured since i have all this help since they had all these special friends i would go ahead and play uh the wrath of the lich king which just came out while they while they search for me, <laughs> what a good guy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I think my problem with Rock Band is that there's no way I'm gonna play it by myself. Yeah, that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I remember, like, the best you know, part about Rock Band was getting really high and really drunk and playing it with my friends in college, and now I can't do that. Exactly. And I was in grad school. You're, you're so much younger than me than because I was in grad school playing rock band with my friends. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the important part. I think that's like you would you would just have a party and then you would get people to play rock band, and that's how it worked. Um, I don't think there's any circumstance where you play this thing alone. But I think that's part of it, right? I think with Guitar Hero, at least, if you're going to play it alone, it helps to have like this this stupid little artist start up in his little garage band and escalate to the to the status of like a rock legend um and i think it helps when you have that like that that stupid little character with the funny side story like um oh i got super drunk in a truck stop one night and fucked a trucker and now i have to make music to, to i don't know <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with that um i don't, but I, don't I, oh, I, I think i think something i think something like that little kind of campaign uh, helps out a little if you're going to play it alone uh but rock band is definitely not a game I played alone. That was just about unlocking more songs so that we could play some more and, and just have a real uh, party game. So yep. the other, I, we, we didn't even talk about the other modes. So rock, so Guitar Hero Live is going to have two modes. It has this like, I think, kind of cringy live action thing. And then it also, it, they have something that they're calling Guitar Hero TV. 
And the concept with Guitar Hero TV is it's uh, like a chart listing of music videos. Oh, God. And you, the music video, basically, it's the official music video for the song. It plays in the background while you play the guitar track to it. Um, I think the only thing, the only thing that's kind of intriguing about that, I mean, that's basically how Guitar Hero has always been played, right? You just play the song and look at something in the background, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, but you know, see, again, that's that's something different because in, in Guitar Hero, you would vibe off your bandmates, right? Even even though they were digital. Well, and you can you, you're still going to do that too. They're just going to be real people who look at you like, "Why are you so bad at this?" <laughs> Um, but the, the, the one thing that I think might be interesting to, to come out of this, uh, Guitar Hero TV is the implication. And I want to make sure that I'm emphasizing that they have not said that this is how this works, but the implication is that these tracks that are in here will likely rotate out, uh, for the music videos. And I don't think that they are charging for them. I, cool. I don't know that. I don't. I absolutely do not know that. But the way that the that it's worded and written makes it sound like it's a very like constantly changing service. And you know, every week you log in, it's going to look different than it did before. Which makes me assume that they're probably going to have some kind of like top ten chart that you're not going to have to purchase the songs. You'll just have them. It, so it sounds like music? it sounds very similar to something they did um, for Project Diva. There is. Um, but I think users would still have to make the song themselves. So it's like it was a way for Project Diva to get some free cheap DLC by making users program it. Um, but, it, you know, there's this additional mode where you can find songs that people have done or music videos that people have done and, and, and just play their song in Project Diva. And it was uh, it was pretty neat. It's like it was a way to it was definitely a way to keep the game alive long after the songs have been done. So I guess if, I guess that they're doing that. Then that might be that might be cool, like because it, de- it definitely needs like that helps. That at least helps extend this, the shelf life. Having some new songs come up that you could play um, just whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely something that could make a uh, a pretty big difference. So hopefully that that continues and or, you know hopefully that's the plan i think it would be really shitty if it was like something where cuz the the way that i imagine it actually working is it would be a subscription service so it's like i mean it's oh, you, so it probably will be you pay us 5.99 a month and then we'll give you access to the songs because i mean that's how we want i mean i mean fuck you 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 can't even like buy snacks anymore snacks are a recurring subscription service uh <laughs> Uh, razors are a recurring subscription service. Like everything, everything is, is is a recurring service now because it's easier to you know start a business around that. Um, so maybe maybe these guys will do that too. Do you guys have any idea what I'm talking about with with recurring snacks? I think yeah, I think yeah, the Amazon. Thing. Speaking of which, this podcast is sponsored by NatureBox. Uh, it's not though. Mm. What's, a, what's a nature box? Is that like the thing that you get in the airplanes, like the snack box? No, no. I, I think they have a really great idea. Um, it's just it, it's just so indicative of like what everybody does now, where they basically have and and seriously, we're not being sponsored by them. They basically make all these like tasty snacks, and then you pay them ten dollars a month, and they send you a box every month with some snacks in it. Oh, it's just like um, and I this is like. Fuck. It's like it's like that. It's like that Dollar Shave Club too, where like you just pay them a dollar a month and they send you a a, a razor and like two replacement but there, blades. There's, there's a video. There's a video game thing. Like it's like a bunch of video game toys or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, loot crate. Loot crate. 
that's a loot, loot crate. That's yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, this is this is how everything works now. Is you just you just pay somebody once a month and have things sent to you that you I don't need. I can't figure out if I want almonds or waffle crisps. Someone decide for me. At least at least snacks makes more sense to me. Loot crate is like is like just bullshit swag, and I have so much stuff in my house to throw away anyway. Why do I want more? Like it's that a, seems like a type of thing where like you just wake up one day and realize there's no room left in your house. This is a, this is a hoarder's nightmare. Like now you can now you can <laughs> basically subscribe dream. to be a hoarder. Like yeah, that's true. I guess a hoarder's dream. I, the wife did subscribe to something similar, but it was for like baby stuff. And I'm going to look at I'm going to look at past like... crates because are the are the loot crates ever even any good? Um, well, so oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. The, remember that division bracelet you got me at um, yeah. E3? Yeah. Well, that was in that was in March's crate. Well, that's that's how they do these. Is like <laughs> is like it, it, they just get like promotional items like that that are left over from events, and then the, and then they give those out. Um, for for dirt cheap. Once a month, if if you're looking at their website, you have to be careful because once a month they pick one person at at random that they send like a $2,000 crate to. So if you go look at past crates, by default it shows those and they look really sweet because it's like a GoPro. And you're like, well, I'll pay $29.99 a month to get a GoPro. (laughs) Actually, actually, uh, it's getting pretty creepy. So because the first one we have the division bracelet that you sent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the February crate has Ready Player One, which was a gift from Aubrey. Um, then we have January's crate, which is Star Wars from Marvel. I, I have this friend who just gets like a ton of comic bullshit, and she gives me comic bullshit all, all the time. So I have that Star Wars. I have that Batman that's in the month after. Um, uh, and then and then the, and then the chain ends. No one no one gave me anything from, from November. Do you guys do you so, guys remember? So I guess my friends are my loot crate. That's do, the moral here. Do you guys remember when Woot used to do Bag of Crap? I don't even think they do it anymore, but do you even does anybody even know what I'm talking about there? What's Woot? Okay, so Woot was a website that every day they would do one deal, basically. So they would put an item on sale at like a very steep discount. And the premise is that they would get these items from like, you know, some kind of warehouse overage and the company had just given up on selling them. But a lot of times they were really cool items. So it would be like a really nice vacuum that was discounted down by like 60 to 70%. Um and once a month, what they would do, not once a month, but every now and then what they would do is they would uh, put up an option for what they called a bag of crap. And you paid $1 plus like $3 shipping and handling. It wasn't recurring. It wasn't like quite the bullshit that we have now. Um, but they would send you a, a nondescript bag. Even the bag could be different. Like sometimes they sent you a laptop bag. Sometimes they just sent you like a, a shitty plastic bag. And inside the bag would just be a bunch of random shit that they were able to dig out of whatever warehouse they were working with at the time. And so, like, some people would get really, really cool stuff, and other people would get horrifying, awful stuff. (laughs) And it was totally, you know, it, it became super popular, and I've never even seen one in person, because they would always sell out almost instantaneously when they would go up. Like, it would take, it would take a matter of seconds, and they would be gone. So... And that's the same thing where, like, the odds were best that you would just get garbage. And I feel like that's probably the same with, with a lot of these other services. Um, yeah. Maybe they have amiibos to it. All of those companies are really great at sponsoring podcasts, though. So we should probably be nice to them. Um, they all <laughs> they all look delicious. I want to eat everything from I Nature Box. I want some of those uh, loot crate 
uh, God, what's the what's the the Funko Pop toys? I want some of those. Sure. Have you guys noticed how how like people make how Funko Pop just latches onto the weirdest properties possible? I, like, I don't know what that is. Um, you never heard of Funko Pop? Can't say that I have. Or, I'm sorry, I'm saying it the wrong way. It's just it's either just Funko or it's like Pop Funko or something. So Funko are the 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 bubble-headed figures oh, with the black beady eyes. Once I saw one, I knew yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah. Oh, like, the had, first like, thing they, on they their just, webpage is a guy with no skin. That's the Attack on Titan one. They, oh. Yeah, and that's and that's my thing. They, like, they just the do the, the weirdest, the weirdest fucking toys. Like, it's at, they did Evolve. Um, I, I'm not really sure who's going to buy the Evolve Funko. They have Attack <laughs> on Titan, which is really... Which is really violent and gory. You have a uh, Game of Thrones, which you know I, and that's the thing. They look like things designed for little kids, right? So why are you going to get a Cersei brother fucking Lannister for your kid? I don't know. So, and then they have like really innocent ones. Like they have, um, I'm looking at them. They have a ton of Hanna Barbera ones right now. They a lot got, of uh, a lot of Disney. It looks like they have a lot of Disney. Oh, they have Hatsune Miku. I might actually need to get that one. Oh, I can get Elsa. Uh, <laughs> And Breaking Bad, apparently. You yeah. can get Breaking Bad. That was, an, that was another weird one. I don't. I don't. Oh, you can get. Uh, you can get. You can get, get. you can get Gus from Breaking Bad with only half a face. You can. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That's right here. I, I know you're not, and that's what's so funny about it. But in that in that same alternative, it, to compliment your Gus, you can get Thumper from Bambi. My so my Thumper. favorite. But Thumper and Gus from thanks all thanks to Funko. Oh, you can get low pan. Still don't want it, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. All the characters I might, I might we forgot we wanted. That, that, that so, Jared. Yes. Do you think uh, Luke Cray will have Amiibos? I don't think so. <laughs> even you if, better start buying them. To even find if them. even if they did, yeah. they wouldn't have one worth having. Like <laughs> uh, maybe not. Uh, the the stores that carry them can't get them. How the hell's Luke Crate gonna get them? <laughs> Oh, I don't think I, I don't think I told my um, my amiibo story on the podcast, so I should tell that, right? Uh, about how the time that you sent a false story to no, no, not not that. Oh, is there? Um, no? What are you talking about? So, so, so the the day that Lucina, um, you were supposed to be able to pre-order Lucina, Jared just announced in in the Facebook chat. He was like, oh. It was silly to think I could even get two Lucinas because I can't even get one because I've been pestering him to get me one if he if he manages to get her. Um, so he, he he makes this announcement. And I'm like, wait, hold on, the Lucina's out today. And he's like, no, it's for the pre-order. And I'm like, well, what do you mean you can't get any? He's like, it's just sold out everywhere, everywhere you go. So I'm like, okay, let me see what I can do. And I call my GameStop, and my GameStop says, uh, yeah, we have the the Amiibo pre-orders open, but if you want one, you have to get down here as soon as possible. So I'm like, all right, let me run, let me run, like, like GameStop's literally 10 blocks away, but I'm like, let me run to GameStop and let me see if I can get a pre-order in on two Lucinas. Um, so I run there, I get the guy I had on the phone, and he's like, okay, so you wanted an Amiibo, let me, let me hold the pre-order for you. So he's like, okay, so tell me who you want. And I'm not sure who was out that day. I think it was Lucina and Ness and who else? I, Jigglypuff's a Target exclusive. It was Wario, Charizard, and 
I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting, but okay. So for the sake of this, we'll say we'll say Lucina, Ness, Wario, and Charizard, right? Oh, Miss Pac-Man was the other one. So he opens up the list and he goes, "Okay, so which one did you want?" I said Lucina. He says, "Nope, we don't have it." I'm like, "Okay, fine. You have Ness." He's like, oh, "Nope, that one sold out." I'm like, "Well, who else do you have?" He says, "Charizard. That one sold out. Wario. That one sold out. Oh, but we have Miss Pac-Man left." You mean you mean uh, regular Pac-Man, right? Or is it Pac-Man? It's yeah, it's, it's, says, it's okay. just Pac-Man. So he says, oh, so you have Pac-Man. I'm like, I don't want Pac-Man. He's like, well, I'm sorry, man. That's all we have. So I tell him, you know, and, and he's a GameStop employee. So he's ready to brush me off and get back to playing video games or whatever he's doing. Um, and I'm like, okay, so what do I need to do for the next round of pre-orders? He's like, well, that's it for this one. There's, you know, you can't get them anywhere else. And I'm like, I understand that. But the next time they release it, like and when they do Zero Suit Samus, which is another one I really want. Uh, when they do all of those, what should I do? Like, what's the best thing to do? Should I call you guys in the morning? Should I like get over here? It's like, well, we had a guy in here uh, before the store opened, and he was like, here, he was here a half hour before the store opened. He got in line, and then he pre-ordered all these amiibos, and he was the only one to do it. And it's like, you know, the guy that opened the store during the day is the one that did those pre-orders because, I, and then he, and then the GameStop employee starts complaining to me. He's like. We weren't even told that the Amiibos were coming out today. We weren't even told about the pre-order. And in fact, I learned myself, this guy's an assistant manager, mind you. Uh, he says, in fact, I learned myself uh, from my friend's Facebook page. He didn't even tell me. And I am the assistant manager of the store. So I had to find out from my friend's Facebook. And then that's when I went to look at the pre-orders. And then that's when I saw, saw half of them were sold out. Um, so so Nintendo's business strategy, whatever it is, they're not even letting the people selling it know that they're getting it. Well, so so here's here's basically like the the reason why this went the way that it went. Um, so normally the complaint has been um, they haven't given any notice when pre-orders would go up. And so what would happen is the pre-order would go up and then it would just be like at 5 a.m. in the morning and you'd, you'd miss it because, you know, you weren't even awake and you didn't have any idea that it would happen. So basically, unless you were like sitting there on their website, refreshing the page over and over again, you wouldn't get you wouldn't be able to successfully secure the pre-order. So Nintendo's like everybody's mad about that. So Nintendo's like, OK, fine, here's what we'll do. We'll give you uh, 12 hours notice when the pre-orders are going to go up. And then the kicker on top of it is I, I don't think they actually relayed that to the retailers. <laughs> so they give everybody, <laughs> they give everybody 12 hours notice and they say pre-orders are going to go up at this time at, at this point. Um, and so now it's even worse because at least before you could accidentally stumble onto the website and be like, Oh look, it's for sale. But now everybody knows it's for sale. And so they're there crashing the website, trying to order it. Um, and they effectively did crash GameStop system so that GameStop was only able to take pre-orders in store. And then on top of it, that system crashed as well. And so you just had to sit there and wait in GameStop. And there were numerous people reporting waiting just for like hours, um, just standing in the store waiting to order. I mean, it, I can't even, there's not even a chance anymore. <laughs> like, no, yeah. Just, just yeah. to confirm. We're talking about for a toy here, right? Yes. Well, well I, I, okay. I, I want to I say because I just do, wanted I to get that identify. straight before I made. <laughs> I judgments. do identify. Well, listen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because it's not just that. It, not, well, they are just toys, right? But I think they mean something a little more. I think, but in the past, I know as a little kid, um, 
it was so hard to find like this link action figure and I finally got one, right? And it was like the greatest day. And there was like no such thing as these toys for Nintendo characters when you were a kid. Um, and I held on to my Luigi that I got from freaking McDonald's or whatever. And I held on to all this shit. Um, and as you get older, they start making more of these figures of Nintendo icons, but they just get more expensive, right? Like you can get Lucina and you can get Samus right now, not as Amiibos, but you can get them, but they're going to cost you 90 fucking bucks. Yep. So if I have a chance to spend $12 to get like a, a Lucina or a Samus, a Zero Suit Samus, I'm going to go ahead and take that risk. Um, but I, to just say to just say that I further identify with this pain, completely unrelated to video games, uh, about a month or two ago, HBO had some kind of a development of uh, their what, workshop, whatever, and they were like, okay, the first 1,000 entries will get in but you can only apply on this day, right? I'm sorry, that's that's not right. It's like, we'll, we'll only take the first 1,000 entries, only look at those first 1,000, but you have to apply on this specific day. Um, it's, it's very similar to the Amiibos, where they don't announce it until very close to the deadline. You wake up that morning, and their website is, like, just completely crashed. Like, no one can get on. It's like Obamacare, too, right? Because everyone's trying to buy into Obamacare at the same time. Um... So the website just crashes. Now, what HBO has to do, HBO has to go ahead and say, okay, we fucked up. If you guys email us, we'll send out new keys and all this kind of shit. We'll try and open it one more day. You know, we messed up. We just didn't have the, 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 the way to support this. And the difference between Nintendo and HBO is that Nintendo just doesn't seem to give a shit, like, at all. Yeah, I mean, it's working to their to their benefit. And, I mean, why why fix it when you could not fix it and it's just it's just, <laughs> it's just it's just nintendo of america too um in japan they have all the amiibos you can eat and none of them are exclusive to retailers you can go into any store and buy any amiibo so it's not like here where meta knight is a best buy exclusive that i've i've never even seen one like i don't even know what it looks like it's probably pretty cool um, but in, but in Japan, they sell Meta Knight everywhere. There's no weird deals like that. Um, and, and same they in Europe. There's machines filled with Meta Knights. They're plentiful. Both Nintendo of Japan and Nintendo of Europe have made more than enough Amiibos. And you can uh, walk into any store you want and find them. And, and it's gotten to the point where people are importing them and selling the, the foreign versions for just like a $5 markup. Like they'll be 20 bucks instead of 12, you know? Um, and uh, that that's probably what I'll wind up having to do with Lucina's. Just settle for yeah, one of those. I'll do the same thing with Lucina's. You know what the situation one. is in Latin America? A what? I could. I don't know. I'm asking. I I genuinely have not looked, so I'm not sure. They probably. I'm going to Latin America. I mean, I'm guessing that you know the month, so you know Nintendo probably just like shit in a box and sent it to. <laughs> <laughs> To Latin America. Hey, like, hey Felipe, here's your amiibo. I don't know what Nintendo of uh, of, of Lucina. I assume that they are also fall under Nintendo of America's jurisdiction, and so it's oh, it's, yeah. it's probably Kirby probably dry. Latinos. But if you happen to go to like Kirby pretty much, <laughs> if you go if you go pretty much anywhere in Germany, there's plenty, and they're all right there. Um, it, I, it's just, it's ridiculous. It was, it was kind of fun back when like I walked into a random target and there was a little Mac on the shelf and I was like, Ooh, I'm so, so fun. And it was even kind of fun when I'd line up early in the morning before a store opened and like talk to other people who 
Nintendo was like equally important to them when they were kids and, and kind of nostalgia trip a little bit with these with these like minded individuals. But now it's just totally shifted to like if you didn't pre order it online, you can get or fucked. It. <laughs> like just don't even worry about it. Um, there's still lots of little events that people are talking about, but like the last two times I went out in the morning to try and find something, it, they, they would open up a box and they'd pull out one and they'd be like, all right, here's the one. And there's like eight people in line. So, I mean, I just, I fight, I don't even get it anymore. So (laughs) just forget about it. Thunderdome. We're coming up on we're coming up on the hour mark. Why don't we talk about Mortal Kombat real quick before we close out? Because they're doing some weird stuff. Well, we, man, this, did no one play any video games this week? I don't really think so. Um, I, I think I, I think I played like the first ten minutes of Game of Thrones episode two. So that's not enough to talk about. No, probably probably not quite yet. It's uh, it's I I like the first ten minutes, and I think Tumblr probably went crazy over uh over this lady soul sword that they have in the game oh. for the lesbian. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's, I'm that's going, all I have to report on game of Thrones. I'm going crazy oh, how for was it right that now. Game of Thrones, uh, a season, season, uh, starter for you guys. I haven't seen it. I liked it. I didn't like the part where Lucio's favorite character died. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know who he is. That part. Oh, I think I could guess. Who is it? Uh, Sansa. You love Sansa. Yes, actually, yes. Crazy for Sansa. She she, she touched. Wait, you like Sansa? Level. Are you serious? Her quest for lemon cakes is just so endearing. She like her life and my life. No, I, I'm, I'm 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 like one hundred. I'm I'm seriously asking. Do you actually like Sansa? <laughs> Not particularly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure. I don't hate her either, but. There's more important, interesting things oh going God. on than. Sounds. She seems like she seems like she can't even bother being on the show. She's she's <laughs> she's been like long due to like wisen the fuck up, and um, but she you know I don't want to get off on a huge tangent with the show, but she's in like probably the most interesting position this season because even just past the first episode, if you've read the books, I don't think you have any idea what she is doing because none of that has happened in the books so far. So, like, in the first episode, he tells her, Littlefinger tells her, he's like, we're going to a place far away. And, like, I'm just as curious as you are as to where that is. Because <laughs> it has not come up at all. And they, they um, the two showrunners pretty much acknowledged at this point. They're like, yes, we've caught up to the books in a lot of ways, and we're just going to go ahead and keep going um, with with the overall, you know, I, I think, ending I think mind. that... Um if it's anything like Full Metal Alchemist, because Full Metal Alchemist um, caught up to the manga well before the manga happened, and then they had to make up their own ending instead of just letting it go and doing a ton of um, filler episodes. And then the manga finally finished their series, right? And to this day, you can crucify me if, if you want. I actually like the television version way better than what the manga did so are, i wonder are you what about brotherhood though are you considering that because that I, wasn't I, wasn't that redone to yeah, match the manga? See, that's that's the interesting thing because they fin- they finished the original full metal alchemist uh then the manga's finally finished and then they were like well we're going to revisit full metal alchemist but now we're going to do it with the real ending how the books wanted it to go um you know, so maybe HBO will do the same thing. HBO was like, well, we finished our Game of Thrones, but now we're going to reset everything to just after the first season. Now yeah, it's finishing. You know, like, Sansa is going to be like 89. And, well, no, they'll just um, they'll just do it. They'll redo it with like a bunch of CGI Bill Cosby's. 
it'll just yeah. be everyone it'll, everyone it'll is played by Bill Cosby. By the time like Martin finishes writing but, it. But I actually, yeah, I actually did like what the what the original animation did much better than uh, or the manga. And that was still both kind of stupid, right? Um, like one other side of the gate was London during World War Two, and then the other one was just oh yeah, it's just a bunch of stupid anime bullshit. I don't even know what happened. It's in been Northern a while. Night. It's been a while since um, I watched it. You know, but I think I did actually prefer with the, with the original series. And what I'm hearing, I like I I'm not a big reader of the Game of Thrones books. Um, I tried to do the first one and I just couldn't, so I apologize. Um, but it sounds like, in general, people like the series a bit more than the books, aside from purists. I'm actually, uh, so, again, I don't want to make a Game of Thrones podcast, but, uh, they, they pulled some shit last season where they dropped out, like, a huge character in the books, and everybody's like, well, maybe, maybe she'll just show up later, and the showrunner's like, no, I think we're we think we're just not going to do that. And um, it disrupts a lot of what I'm excited to read in the book that's still coming. And so, like, to know that there's this huge thing that I'm waiting to see a conclusion to that the show is just going to completely ignore, I, I don't know. It kind of bums me out because it either means it's not important ultimately in the books. <laughs> Which which is a bummer, or it means that they're just gonna skip it anyway, even though it is important, and I don't like that either. I I just I, ugh. I I'm that it it actually it upset me enough that I was very close to being like I'm not gonna watch this show anymore, but I'll I'll trust. I'm them. kind of glad in a way show that I them. I'll I'll see what they so, do. So so what what's what's the character? Do you guys want to know? It's, uh, it's up to Felicio because I don't care. It's it's huge. Like it's it's one of the hugest things that they've done. You saw. You said but, the. But the series completely. Wait, undead, I, I, right? I can tell you her you name. Said the undead. Um, it is. She is undead. So? Yeah. Uh, okay. oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, lady, yeah. lady Stoneheart. So, lady Stone. That's right. That's right. I so, was actually I was actually waiting for that, and they just didn't they just didn't use her at all. So Brienne, the tall blonde knight, she yeah. she is almost. Um, in the fourth book, she makes up a vast majority of the chapters, and every single chapter leads up to her meeting Lady Stoneheart, and then the subsequent chapters involve Jamie meeting Lady Stoneheart um, in, in the book that follows that. And then the big cliffhanger is we're going to find out what happens to him once Lady Stoneheart gets her hands on him. And so it, it's, w- like, huge, and very likely that he's totally going to die, and... They're just, and now she's just completely absent and gone. And so, like, I don't even know. Brienne's in the same boat. We're like, what the fuck do they do with her this book? I don't even know. So, now, now here's the thing, because I was expecting that, too. I was, I was totally expecting her to, uh, to just, come to, to show because up. Because I, I, I read, like, yeah, to show up, because I read the What Keys and all this stuff. And that was, like, what the what the Red Wedding is leading into directly, right? Well, and, and um, they even they even introduce a character earlier in the series who resurrects. And, who resurrects. And that and seems like a direct lead-in to where we're going to go with this, but... I, I feel like that... So I, you know, my own theory for why it's, um... It's missing. Mm-hmm. Is that, um... God, man, my, so my my own theory is as to why it's missing is that they put the the supernatural stuff so far into the background into the TV series, right? Just so far into the background that they came with this huge magical moment and they didn't know what to do with it. Um, but I think I think all of the all the the magic has come so much more to the forefront now that they didn't have to avoid it. I think like, the I think, 
I think that the big thing is to, to just like ultimately in, in in the grand scheme of things and like they they supposedly know how the books are going to end, etc. I think the only thing that makes sense to me is it just isn't going to matter uh, in relation to the ending, and they can still yeah. hit, and they can still hit that ending without having her. And you could also argue that uh, it, it feels like that still fucks up a lot of setup that they had. Like, why did you show me that guy resurrecting if you're not going to resurrect the character? But and again, I don't want to spoil anything too huge. But there's another pretty major character who is very likely to be resurrected in the near future. And uh, so maybe they're just saving it for that and they can totally skip over Stoneheart. I don't know. But I don't know. It was just it, it, it was it was like easily I, I think for me, it was almost more like jaw dropping than the Red Wedding. And so the fact that they're leaving it out really bummed me out. Like I was excited to watch it with my wife and have her be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. And then they just didn't. <laughs> then they yeah, just didn't do it. it. Yeah. Very disappointing. Anyway, that's our that's our Game of Thrones diversion okay so i guess well game of thrones is still gaming relevant because i don't know if you guys noticed this um but telltale's game of thrones is very similar to hbo's game of thrones i mean they they share a title yeah it's uncanny how how, how, like they they have the same they they have very similar characters have you seen the stole from the hbo series i've no i'm saying the hbo series stole from telltale clearly yeah probably of course that seems to be right. Because right. nothing else, nothing else exists outside of video games. Hmm. Outrage. Um, is this Mortal Mortal Kombat real quick. Let's just do Mortal Kombat real quick. Did you guys Did you guys hear that Mortal Kombat came out? Yeah, we heard. Uh, yeah, I heard something. Did you hear that it doesn't work on the PC? Yes, uh, I did. Oh no! Fatality. Fa- so so they they're trying out this service that does a streaming install which means that you can start installing the game and then begin playing it while it's downloading still and just certain features won't be available until they download but a lot of players are reporting that some features just never download and so like total biscuit did this video where uh, almost like two-thirds of the game's content are locked um even even though the downloads listed as complete and so like he can't play online he can't play the tutorial he can only do like a a versus mode with one character um (laughs) and uh yeah so they've been working on that today that's that's been problem one for them um (laughs) i guess there's not really any other problems that have happened per se but they also have some really curious um DLC. I think uh, it was Jeff Gerstmann on Twitter posted a picture of the PlayStation Marketplace. <laughs> curious DLC. I think that's an understatement. Apparently, if it's too hard for you to do a fatality, <laughs> you can pay four ninety nine and do thirty fatalities really easy. And that makes you wonder. I, 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 why wouldn't you like? If you want to see the, the I, I don't understand why you would do that. If you don't if you want to see the, the fatalities that badly, just go to YouTube. I mean, yeah, but then you can style on the people that you beat. They don't have. I mean, assuming that you can actually beat somebody without being able to pull out a fatality, right? But so, so like I don't not the hardest part this of the is, game. This is, I, I, so many things about this confuse me, right? Because don't most, and by most fighting games, I mean all fighting games. Don't most, don't all fighting games give you the option to set it so that there is a mode that's automatic? Yeah, but I, I mean, to some degree, but fatalities are. That's what I'm looking for. They the only thing that is special about them is that they are 
slightly difficult to do. They've and even then over time they've gotten so easy. If you compare how to do a fatality in like Mortal Kombat 2 to to now, it's totally different. Um but it wasn't hard to begin with either. But even even now like the thing is that if you can't do one, then you don't deserve to see one. <laughs> the, the, the issue is you're not go I, I don't know how you can win a match in Mortal Kombat without being having like the dexterity to be able oh, to pull up the I don't think so. I watched a lot of uh, Mortal Kombat on Twitch today, and it's it's pretty amazing how bad everyone is at it. <laughs> well, really? And maybe it's just a game where you Cause, always cause look have, like you're bad we were, at it. But we were, we were having a, we were having a conversation in the uh, in the uh, in the chat about who here is good at fighting games. We could potentially sell tournaments or Twitch Twitch stream, and. Or, no, it wasn't who's, who's good at fighting games. It was who's good at Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, I was good when I was 13. Um, but it's not a particularly difficult game, so I think I could do it really easily again. So, so uh, I, I'm amazed that, uh, that people can be... I, I'm amazed there's such a thing as being bad at Mortal Kombat. There was this, there was this really, uh, there was this really like kind of charming stream that I ran into today where it was just like this dude, and he didn't have any special software. He didn't have a webcam. He didn't have anything. He was just he was just streaming straight off the PS4, um, just with the normal like built-in features. And somehow, n- nobody could tell you how, but he just gained twelve thousand watt viewers. And like five thousand subscribers, um, and just just out of just nowhere, out the blue. he he's not like a famous streamer. Like you don't know him from that other game he plays all the time. He just happened to be in like the right place at the right time, and twelve thousand people showed up to watch him play <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Um, what a lucky bastard. So he's he's not playing when I when I get in there. It's um it's doing King of the Hill. So it's an online like uh, room that you go into, and if you win, you get to keep playing. And the longer you keep that win streak going, the more points you get. Um, and this dude is playing uh, Quan Chi, and he's he's basically just button spamming. Like he has three moves that he does, and he just does them over and over again, and it's working really well. He's winning every single match, and. Um, I mean, to watch it be played is is awful. Like, it's just, it's it's really bad. But he, um, eventually, the guy who's streaming gets up to to fight him, and this is after he's gone like like two whole rounds of the room without losing, and the guy like beats him by a very narrow margin, and that was better than like the best TV I've watched all week. Like, wow, <laughs> it was great to watch this dude beat this guy because he was just so fucking annoying, and he only knew one fatality, and he would, <laughs> and he would do it every single time. And like now, I'm already tired of that fatality. <laughs> but anyway, I which, don't know which fatality is it. Um, Quan Chi has a really cool one where he floats his sword in the air, makes your character he does like a mind control thing, makes your character walk into the sword so it stabs him through the mouth and pokes out the back of your head. And then he lifts you up with his uh, telepathy, and the sword stays in place and cuts you in half. Hmm. It's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. game, this game is absolutely horrifying. I don't know if you guys have watched all the fatalities yet, but I, I'm trying not to. So, I saw the Sophie one. I really want to play this. It game. is. It is. Like, I'm, I'm actually really excited about a, a good Mortal Kombat. I went ahead and watched all the fatalities, and this is as close as I don't know if I'm getting old or what, but like. 
it's so close to being too much. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting old. It is like right there. Like it is. Whatever, old man. It is just so excessive. It's sweet. I I still enjoyed it very much. But man, there are some times where I couldn't help but be like, man, do we really want to like to show that? <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus. Um, you next going to tell me you don't enjoy uh, dubstep? Melina has a particularly horrifying one where she knocks you always that, but she, the point. she knocks you over, jumps on you, and begins eating you like around your stomach area, and Ugh. and she separates your torso from your legs, and you're still alive, and you're crawling away from Ugh. her. You you are crawling away from your own torso. And, or, or, from, or from your own legs, rather, and uh, and then you die because it turns out you can't separate <laughs> like that. Um, but Jared, are you telling me you've never gotten a gigantic boner while reading American Psycho? Shit, dude, this, this stuff's gross. <laughs> it, it's very interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it goes from there. But so yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's Mortal Kombat. It's got some curious DLC. I, 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 I you got you got to tell them. Are we going to spoil like the best? I think it's the best fatality. Casey's fatality. Uh, yeah, Ka- Cassie. Um, oh, it's Cassie. Okay. Yeah, it's Cassie. Cassie Cage. I, I think she had. I think she has the best fatality. Yeah, it's, been a long time. it's a it's a great fatality. So she she uh, she punches the character in the face, dislocating their jaw in, in like. Uh, dislocating is a gentle word. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you would wish it were a dislocation. Removing all the flesh from the jaw and leaving it hanging by uh, just the tiniest of tendons. Um, and then she gets in real close and takes a selfie with your fucked up face and posts it to Facebook or the Mortal Kombat equivalent of Facebook. And my favorite part is there's a, a little like comment stream with people commenting <laughs> yeah, with, like, with like hashtags and stuff. And you guys probably don't know this, but it actually changes. Oh, oh nice. nice! the The dialogue is not always the same, so, I, so thought, cool. I thought that was kind of great. Um, I I love that she duck faces. That's like that's a nice little attention to detail there. She gives you a yeah. little duck lips, yeah, as she poses for the selfie. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, yeah, oh God, I really want to play that game. I mean, I do want to emphasize like the the fatalities might like go too far in some ways, and I, I really want to put some air quotes around too far, but. At the same time, I think they are some of the most creative ones that we've seen out of the series, like pretty pretty easily, um, which is it's it's great because we've seen some Mortal Kombat's in years past that did not have very creative fatalities. So there's there's not one where they're content to like just smash the guy's head and call it a day. It's like <laughs> it's it's all much deeper than that. Jax has one that is just terrible, where he like grabs the character in their mouth and splits their skull open <laughs> so that so that kind of like um kind of like there's a hinge on the back of your head so the <laughs> so the bottom teeth and tongue stay in place but the whole top of the skull oh, is flipped God. backwards and oh, then yeah. and then he puts his cigar out in the person's oh. mouth <laughs> he uses their mouth as an ashtray Jesus. I believe he's ripped their arms off too but it, that doesn't even really matter at this point <laughs> I, yeah it doesn't matter anymore so. After a certain point, that's awesome. Fantastic. Though. Anyway, we'll probably I, I, we'll probably mess around with that some more. Um, I was a huge like my my uh, like Lucio and I we we play a lot of fighting games, right? And he says he says I'm good. Lucio's good too, because uh, we all we we're kind of we're evenly matched, kind of. Um, yeah. Like like Goku and Vegeta. So, but yeah, uh, we have a we have a we have a third little member of our party who's also pretty good. Um, 
Uh, and I hate to embarrass him on the podcast, but I do tend to win more against him than I do Lucio. Uh, that's not to say that's not to say he's not good. He is good. What's his name uh, and where does other, he live? But the other day, <laughs> the other day, social security number or didn't the have. other day, the other day he starts talking about uh, Mortal Kombat and he's like, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to do this, this and this and get Kung Lao. And he's like, what do you think, Lucio? And I'm like, well, 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 what do you mean? What do you think, Lucio? You do know that when I was a kid, I won like a ton of Mortal Kombat tournaments, right? And it's like, oh, I had no idea that you were actually a fan. I'm like, yeah, well, it's something to be proud of that I won all these tournaments. Because uh, Mortal Kombat's kind of the, one of the easiest fighting games before Smash Brothers. Uh, but I was a huge fan of the series. And then, and then, God, the, the, the 32-bit era happened. came. 32-bit era came, and man, Mortal Kombat just, I, I don't know what happened. It was See, like, so I played all of them, and like I said, you know, it's not so much because I'm a huge fan, but because of my bro is. So I, I played all of them. Yeah. Oh, you played all of them. Well, except for 10, I guess. But you will. And I think it's I think it's X, not 10. I mean, it is 10, though. It's the number 10 also. I, I know Roman numerals. No, I know, but they actually call it Mortal Kombat X. <laughs> Why not? Because it's extreme. And it is extreme. I no one would ever, no one would ever watch Jax rip someone's head in half and put his cigar out in your mouth, and say that that was not extreme. That's the extremest thing I've seen ever since I saw those skateboarders grinding down the rails at the mall. Yeah. And, and oh, drink, did you, you, guys, you guys know? Vaults. You guys knows that there's a, a Paul Blart Mall Cop too, right? No, but that's great. <laughs> I should say it because that's that's. that's uh, did anyone see Paul Blart Mall Cop? Uh, no, because it Am I was... still alive here to talk about it? Yeah, it was... Uh, so, Paul, Paul Bart Mogot basically has exactly Wait, did... what uh, what Jared is talking about, where it has... Uh... Oh. God, he ripped somebody's head off? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't recall that happening. Paul, Maybe Paul, I should watch Paul, that. So, okay. No, it has so, teenagers uh, skateboarding is, in a mall. The are like, there are like some of these extreme sports ninjas in Paul Bart. And uh, they're just like doing backflips, but they're also bank robbers or whatever. I guess their their goal is to rob them all. Um, so it's basically a point like break. That's normal. Around. It's just like just the most extreme thing ever. It's more extreme than Surge. I know that's hard to believe. You said still like Point Break. <laughs> hey, Point Break had some good action scenes. I like Point Break. No, point, the point premise break, was retarded, break. but it was a Point Break. It's a lot of shit, but it had some good stuff going. I liked it when he surfed to death. (laughs) (laughs) And he does does literally surf to death. Anyway, I think that we're past the point of uh, return here. So we'll we'll probably talk about Mortal Kombat more in the coming weeks. Um, Today's podcast was brought to you by Sprite Remix. You know, real quick, before we do our our outro, uh, we didn't get much of a chance to follow up. Um, We posted our interview with... I actually don't even know if it's Kiro or Kiro or um, the Kiro. guys. Korean, How um, culturally insensitive of you not to know. Well, anyhow, um, I know everybody pointed it out on their Facebooks when they shared it. Like it's uh, it's probably one of the best things we have on the site right now. Um, oh, is that? Did we really get that comment? Uh, that was from us. I mean, oh. <laughs> that was us. That was us blowing ourselves. So. I, I was just gonna say, like, I, I probably should have said this at the beginning, but um, if you listening, if you haven't read it. I would definitely recommend it because I think it's really fascinating, both what they're doing and like the, the circumstances they're doing it in. So if you haven't taken a look, I definitely recommend go take a look. I think it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would uh, I would heartily recommend it and not just because we made it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> 
in spite of the fact that we made it, I would suggest you take a look. I mean, really, they made most of it anyway. So. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's probably not so bad. All right. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Well, hey, if you uh, if you enjoyed our podcast and you'd like to hear more, uh, you can go check us out at enemyslime.com. Follow us on iTunes. Go follow us on Twitter, Facebook. We're at The Enemy Slime on all those services. Um, I think we're going to be twitching really soon. So uh, we're just The Enemy Slime also Blood, on, on Bloodborne Twitch. tournaments. I yeah. have a Bloodborne PvP tournament. God yeah. Bloodborne Patreon too, man. Come on. Okay, well, there you go. If you want to yeah. hit Jay in the face in Bloodborne... Um, to get ready, because it's coming soon. So you'll, you'll probably have an easier time against me than you will most people who PvP Bloodborne. I usually come out pretty even, and there are people don't, who are definitely a lot better than me. Don't tell them your strategy. <laughs> what, what's the strategy? Bite me and, and hit me in the face. That's the strategy. I mean, that's how you do it. So anyway, check us out there. If you want to shoot us an email, contact at enemyslime.com. And uh, we'll be back next week with even more exciting things. We'll talk about Titan Souls, which came out today, and uh, a couple other games. So, price. Oh, yeah. yeah. You still need to explain Titan Souls to me. We will. I'll, I'll go over it. And we'll also probably have some video content for it during the week. So, keep, keep an eye on the site. Some cool stuff's going to happen. If you've got an opinion about snacks, keep it to yourself because we already know everything there is. We didn't even get to talk about snacks. I don't, I don't think we probably talked about snacks because we're missing Doug. That's probably it. Oh, I didn't even mention that. Doug's not here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you can splice that to the beginning. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, so thanks for listening, and